A thousand stories, a thousand questions. It all runs together in a big, vibrant box, hiding in the back of my closet. I've been through the individual pieces for a few months, and now it's starting to get confusing. So let's take a step back. Let's take a look at the history. Or, I guess as well as we can possibly understand it. log. We're a few months into the big box of mysteries sent to me by our dear sheriff, Olivia Hawthorne. In that time, I've managed to go through about half of it. Again, this is a very dense boy. I'm trying to make sense of it, but geez, this thing is a lot. Also, it's hard to keep a research project going when you're not a hundred percent sure what you're really looking for. Like, is this supposed to be a historic thing, or is this helping with the missing people? I don't know. I tried talking to the sheriff about it the other day, but she's busy. Like she's been most days. It's a mess at the office for Liv. Especially with the fog rolling in. She has her hands full, but, you know, I wish she would have just, like, told me what's going on or give me a little direction. Oh well. For now, I just keep digging and hoping for the best. It's just... It's frustrating, though. There's so much here, and I'm not even sure how much of this is, like, useful. Like, take this. It's an old program for a gala held in 1933. Or this old Christmas card from 1947. Or yet another article from the 50s about the mayor's marital status. Or anything like what is the point of any of this Ugh. sorry about that i'm just a uh, frustration is everywhere around here the last couple of years in this city have been decent in their own way sure it takes time to figure anything out and it's an uphill battle all the way but at least like i was taking the fight at my own pace at least it didn't feel like there was any immediate danger going on. But now... I mean, come on. People are missing. Jack, Ingrid, Yusuf, and maybe I now? She hasn't shown up to work in a couple of weeks. I tried texting, calling, stopping by her place, but nothing, man. It's like she just vanished. It makes me worried. Both for my friends and for what this means. Look, not saying I'm directly responsible, but at the same time, how many people are going to disappear before I crack anything on this case? How many people are going to have to suffer because I can't figure it out? And I just don't know how the personal life of Celine Judas connects to anything going on. I mean, the fog's fading, sure. But there's giant thorns and roses growing around the city in the chaotic patterns, and people are getting hurt. People are scared. I know this isn't my fault. 
I'm not the one out there kidnapping people or causing thorns to pop up or lighting buildings on fire or whatever. But still, I feel so helpless to do anything right now. People are missing. I feel like I should be able to do something. Instead, I'm here, sorting through Celine's old junk and sappy poems she left behind. Speaking of which, you want to hear one of those poems? It's a pretty good one. My words spread like fire on weeds, spreads around like a cursed old disease. And though I try to fix the pain, the ashes all still fall in vain. Now listen close to this version of my tale. Hear my weakness as my story will unveil. There was pain before I began my fall. Sometimes I can't help myself at all. Are we allies or enemies? This will be the death of me. Patch the cracks with a smile on your face. I never knew the pain in your embrace, but the laughter hid the cries of your heart, and that's where my downfall did start. Now I'm feeling all the doubts while you were scrambling for some way out, screaming, crying, wanting more. All is fair in love and war. Are we allies or enemies? This will be the death of me. Celine wrote this one. You can tell. The handwriting matches a lot of her personal notes and memos. Plus, it has this angsty self-loathing that you really can't get with any of the other love poems. Even if this box hasn't been super helpful with all the missing people, it's at least confirmed for me which poems are genuine love poems and which poems are actually from Mayor Judas. Others write poems of love for her, but in Celine's poems, the only thing she loves is to marinate in her personal suffering. You know, not that I'm one to judge. I mean, self-loathing is a specialty of mine, especially these days with everything going on. Marina's acting weird. Still, acting weird. I mean, we're talking now, and that's great, or at least it should be. I don't know. There's, there's this weird tension just underneath the surface. It's like she's waiting for something to happen, but I don't know if that something is going to be an apology or a fight. Talking to her is just really hard. Trying to get a feel of what to do is hard. And honestly, I hate to say it, but whatever side project she's working on is just making things harder. The other night, I was going to the kitchen to get some 3am strawberry milk because I have really bad anxiety and sleep problems. And while Marina was there, sitting by the window, she had the radio on, but no station. Just static. I stumbled right past, but she didn't seem to register my presence. She was just focused on the window, the city. I tried to ignore it, made my drink, and headed back to my room. And that's when she spoke. Do you think she could have done better if she learned to move on? I asked her what she meant by that, 
and Marina didn't respond. Instead, she only shook her head and told me, Well, I guess you wouldn't know. You don't have the full picture. After that, she turned off the radio and went to bed. What's that supposed to mean? I don't know, but it's been haunting me ever since. I tried asking her about it in the morning, but she said she had no memory of it. Said she was in bed, asleep, which is normal at that time for her, but I know what I saw. I know what she said. I mean, I'm not going crazy. No more than usual. So what's going on? Mysteries keep piling up around me, and all I have to show for my efforts is a big box of someone else's junk. But hey, maybe it's not completely hopeless. Maybe I'm not completely losing my mind, right? Maybe there's a lot more truth to be found in this large box of papers. I just need to lay out the pieces. Yeah, that'll help. Let's just lay out the pieces, get an overview on what's going on, and figure it out. We'll see the big picture. Hopefully. Well, it's worth a shot. Let's start with the poem. Radiant eyes that shine like stars. She moves like a flickering flame. In this singular moment that is only ours, I am left longing and never the same. So once upon a time, there was a lady, and also a guy. They were living their seemingly immortal lives in this weird city that seems almost too nice to be true. They were in love, deeply. The guy would write the lady a bajillion different love poems professing his feelings to her. The lady was super into it. At least, I assume she was, considering all the talk in the newspapers in the 50s. They spent decades managing the city together, living their lives, not getting married. He was the sheriff, she was the mayor. Can I make it any more obvious? <coughs> Sorry about that. Anyways, he protected the city with the police, and she ran the city as the mayor. They were quite the power couple. And then, something went wrong. As it always tends to do in these type of things. Forgive me if my heart has hardened, but it's still on that day in the garden. Amongst the flowers and colorful dreams, and you snuck your way through with pretty little things. Each word like a sonnet made only for me, twisting the world into all it could be. Like a flash, smoke and mirrors, twisting the scene. I couldn't see what I hold behind those pretty little things. Through dashed pieces of colors, her true colors show. Your eyes were so hungry, and I didn't say no. Chap lips on skin, soft phantom limb, pretty little things soon wilt away. And there is nothing left for a person to say. There are things that no one should see. And there are places that no one should be. You're left like flowers on a hot summer day. And soon pretty little things will wilt away. She did something. Something bad. 
something so terrible that she lost the guy. Bad breakup, death, some third option that I'm not currently aware of. It's hard to say. All I know is that Celine screwed up, and the love of her life was hurt. She messed up, and he was gone for good. This all happened right around 1973, and I know this because that's when mentions of one Sheriff Dante Morningstar cease, and things get real crazy in the city. Gather round, children. This was the scattered period. Buildings collapsed, the beach was hit with a thick tsunami, and the city was ripped up and scattered by a bunch of thick, thorny rose vines. There were a lot of casualties during this time. It was so bad that new massive sections of the city had to be built in more stable areas. This is the point when what used to be the center of town became Old Town, and everything else was shaken up. During this time, our favorite mayor struggled while she tried to get the city under control. All of her memos and notes from this time are strong with grief and self-loathing. The loss of her love devastated Our Lady Mayor for the next couple of decades. She threw herself into her work until there was nothing left to do. Then she would come home and sulk in the darkness that offers no comfort. It's very emo. Very, very classic emo right here. We stand, but at the same time, rough. It's a dark place to be. And in this darkness, she wrote a bunch of poems on her own. Vanishing far away from home, leaving nothing there to see. Just an empty heart that's all alone. That's all you left for me. The only peace I've ever known is that which I gave to you. And now the roots begin to grow. What am I supposed to do? Hopes have shattered like china glass. What's left for me to be? Because I'm stuck being buried by our painful past. There's nothing left that I can see. But if I were somewhere else. But if I were someone else. And if I were not myself. Would all this be easier to bear? Grief is weird. It does different things to different people. Some people take the loss and move on. Some people heal, and some people let it fester. Somewhere around the late 90s, Celine started getting super big into the occult. The box has several receipts for a bunch of creepy books and tomes about contacting the shadows and reaching the void. She really starts to obsess and fixate on the void right around the new millennium. You start getting notes and mentions of a special shadowy friend guiding her, helping her complete the steps to reunite her with her long-lost love, that sort of things. 
It's also around this time that you start getting that obnoxious ritual that was the center of my obsession for most of last year. Do I even need to recite it? I probably can just by closing my eyes and looking inside my brain. Eyes that can see. A key made of glass. At last a vessel for the shadows to pass. She was hardcore sold on the idea of opening up the doorstep. So much so that she would just about kill for it. And then she did kill for it. And well, we all know how that went down for the Mallory family. And everyone else involved. Yeah. After all that murder, she stole Bella Jewel's eyes, yeeted Jeremy into the void, and then... Something. It's not clear if she managed to open the door or let the shadows out. She didn't get her wish. That much we can confirm. If she did, we'd probably still have a Sheriff Dante Morningstar walking around. But we don't. So we know that Celine failed. If this was because she did something wrong or if it wasn't the right recipe, I don't know. Jeremy had suspicions that the ritual wouldn't have worked in the first place, but that's not something we can confirm for sure. Honestly, we can't really confirm anything when we don't even know what happened to Dante. Did he die? Did he move away? Did he get tossed into the void? Unclear. Who knows, maybe he's rattling around somewhere in the same mysterious place that everyone else disappeared to. If that's the case, I hope they're okay. I hope we find them soon. But for now at least, I can confirm what I have said about Celine Judas. She was a woman plagued by grief and obsessed with everything she lost. So much of her post-70s life was spent focused on the past. She was so buried in her history that it blinded her from the future that was ahead. You know, maybe if she'd learned to move on, things could have been better. Wait a minute. I'm not going to worry about that thought. It's been a decade since her disappearance. Only a couple days after she dealt with Jeremy. Ten at night, there was a scream at her house on Ravens Road. Police, being previously tipped off that something might happen, arrived at the scene anxiously and went in for a fight. Twenty officers went into the house to see what was going on. Only one officer walked out. Olivia Hawthorne. And that's where this fascinating little tale of misery and heartache ends. That's where the magical box journey has led us to. And you know, I think this gives me some good ideas of what my next move is. I've assembled the history up until now, but there's still a lot of pieces missing. It's time to talk to Liv. Really talk to her, not just the many... Many voicemails and emails and texts and visits to the office that I have left for her now. I need to make this happen. I need to know what really happened the night she became sheriff. 
She's probably going to set me away, but I'm not so easily swatted. I did the homework she left for me. I have the big picture. Now I'm ready for more information. So yeah, wish me luck. Last time I talked to Liv, she yelled at me and told me to go home and stop being a nuisance. So we'll see. I have a good feeling about it this time. Yeah, this is going to work. It has to. People are missing and there are lives on the line. So if it doesn't work, we're not gonna think about that. We are going to be positive and we're going to move forward. Awesome. I should probably go to bed. It's almost 5 a.m. And I have early morning yoga with Issa at 7. He's trying this new fitness thing for mental health reasons, and I promised to do it with him. So I should probably go to bed. Yeah. We're drowning in mysteries, but hey, at least the pieces are getting untangled. Maybe one of these days, it'll all make sense. We can only hope, right? Anyways, this is Blaine signing out. Good night. Dream Girl City is a production by NJ Scholes. It was written, produced, and acted by NJ Scholes. The poems for today were Allies or Enemies, Her, Pretty Little Things, and Easier, all by NJ Scholes. Have a question? Have a comment? Have a poem you'd like us to read? Email this and more to dreamgirlcityradio at gmail.com or look us up on social media. If you like being supportive of our podcasts, please consider rating and reviewing us online wherever you get your podcasts and spreading the word around. We really grow through word of mouth and from all of you listening in. If you are so inclined to, please consider supporting us with the ACAST feature on Anchor. Every bit helps. Thank you so much to all of our supporters and for everyone sticking along. And until we move on to the next episode, remember, there is a very long past, but it somehow goes fast.